Thank you so much for listening to the podcast again this week. What a wonderful weekend we had last weekend of college football. The dogs are off this week, so the show's going to be a little bit different. We're going to spend a few minutes at the top of the show talking about the weekend that was reviewing um, just what was just an excellent day. We talked last week about what potential last weekend had and last Saturday delivered as well as it possibly could. So we're going to talk about the results themselves, speculate a little bit about what it's going to mean moving forward, and then we have our viewing guide to get ourselves ready for what could be yet another excellent weekend in the world of college football. Again, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Let's get started. Well, I guess we have to, or we're pretty much obligated, right, to start in Knoxville, Tennessee, where Tennessee 52-49 over Alabama. Um, You know, I've heard a lot. Obviously, this game got a lot of national attention. Tennessee's fans stormed the field afterward. The 3.30 game on Saturday afternoon on CBS, a primetime spot there for that game. And then it just, it, it was dramatic. Let's put it that way. So I've heard a lot of conversation this week surrounding hey was that a great game um I, it just depends on your opinion right like how do you do you want to see uh a really well played and well executed game or do you just want to see something that's close and dramatic it was close and it was dramatic Alabama misses a field goal with about a minute and a half left in the game Tennessee's able to get in field goal range and uh kick probably the ugliest game-winning field goal I've ever seen in my entire life, Uh, but it went through the uprights, and that's all the Tennessee fans cared about, and within minutes of the end of that game, um, the price of the get-in price for Georgia and Tennessee and Athens on November 5th skyrocketed, absolutely skyrocketed, so um, we've got a long time before we get there. We're not going to jump ahead, but uh, you know, my thoughts on the game are this. Tennessee won the game. They were at home. They scored 52 points on Alabama. You know, that I, I know all of those things are facts, but I just don't know what to take away from this game. Alabama has been pushed a couple of times early in the season, almost lost to Texas in a much different style game. That was a 20-19 win on the road in Austin. And then just last week, or I guess now nearly two weeks ago, you know, they at home against Texas A&M, but that was with a backup quarterback. But they, you know, for all intents and purposes, could have lost that game if Texas A&M just doesn't execute, you know, if they just execute on the goal line there, they they have an opportunity to win that game uh, before Alabama even goes to Knoxville. So I think for Tennessee fans, it had been 15 years. You know, they had never beaten Saban as Alabama's head coach. So I think it means a lot to the fans of Tennessee. That's obviously a huge rivalry. And I think it meant a lot to the program at Tennessee that that was a huge step, a huge hurdle to get past. Now, what's happened since with people speculating that Tennessee might be the best team in the country, let's let's look at the other side of this because 
Tennessee at home gave up 49 points. And so in this modern age of college football, what we see is that offense is praised and defense is devalued. You know, last year's Georgia team, last year's Clemson team, to a certain extent, but last year's Georgia team obviously winning the national championship with a dominant defense and a decent offense. Well, that was the first time that's happened in a while. So it's it the game has turned into be about offense, and the fact that Tennessee was able to put up 52 points has been the story. The fact that Tennessee gave up 49 is being overlooked, I think, in, in a lot of circles. So, um, you know, I don't know what Tennessee looks like in different circumstances. They obviously can win a shootout. They've done that a couple times. You know, they they basically played the same game, about two touchdowns less on both sides, but they played essentially the same game against Florida earlier this year, also in Knoxville. So, to me, what will be interesting is Tennessee off this week. Next week, they host Kentucky. So, again in Knoxville, uh, but – I'm really interested in that game because I think that game's going to talk a lot about, you know, Kentucky's defense I think is probably better than Alabama's defense. Kentucky's offense not nearly as good as Alabama's offense. So what does that look like? You know, that crowd was absolutely insane in Knoxville. Can they replicate that? Can Tennessee replicate that? Uh, You know, I, I, I speak as a Georgia fan who... In 2017, Georgia kind of arrived, right? Like, they they bust onto the scene, they go on the road at Auburn, and they get absolutely shellacked. And then they come back, they win the SEC Championship, they win the Rose Bowl, but they're not able to get the job done in the national title game. And Georgia fans, I think, thought that meant we were knocking on the door. Well, it was four years before that door opened. So where Tennessee has gotten the program compared to where they were when Jeremy Pruitt was fired in January of 2021, it is absolutely amazing that the program has moved as far as it has forward in such a short period of time. All credit in the world to Josh Eipel and his staff, Danny White, the AD that was hired after they got rid of Fat Phil Fulmer. Um, They've done a spectacular job, but it is absolutely insanity to think that they're going to just now turn into a juggernaut, okay? They are an explosive offensive team that has played an amazing couple of games at home. It's going to be a much different situation coming on the road to Athens, obviously, but going on the road to even like South Carolina, right? Like going on the road and playing a decent SEC team on the road is not easy. So let's just kind of give this some time, Tennessee, They control their own destiny. If they come to Athens and win and they win out, they will be in the SEC championship game and they will be a win away from the playoff. So all credit to them for getting to this point. I think we need to calm down a little bit on the can the SEC get three to seven teams in the playoff talk. Like, let's chill out a little bit. Like, let's just kind of see where it goes. Other places around the country, TCU at home, Got in a big hole to Oklahoma State. All of a sudden, a a crazy second-half comeback. That game ends up going to overtime, and TCU ends up winning. So they are, I think they're number eight in the rankings this week, but they move up. Uh, Oklahoma State falls from the ranks of the unbeaten. I thought they were probably the best team, offense and defense, um, in the Big 12. They lost that game, so so now we kind of reshuffle and reassess a little bit. Out west, late night, uh, we talked about Utah and USC playing uh, at 8 o'clock. Utah goes for two after scoring a touchdown late in the game to beat USC by a single point. 
Uh, so USC falls from the ranks of the unbeaten. Michigan started the day, the big noon kickoff, absolutely dominating Penn State. The game was close for a while, uh, so I, I know it sounds dumb to say. I didn't get to see a lot of it, but looking back kind of at the way the game was going, Penn State scored uh, some points early, and they were able to kind of hang with Michigan for a little bit, but ultimately Michigan dominated them, just dominated them, especially in the running game. Um, Michigan just pounded away and and just was really a, a decisive victory in the big house over Penn State setting Michigan up kind of now as the you know one and one a Ohio State and Michigan uh just like it was last year in the big 10 so um Clemson kept it rolling you know they did exactly what they needed to do there were moments against Florida State where uh, that seemed like a competitive game, but at the biggest moments, Clemson give, gave themselves enough of a cushion that when Florida State tried to make a little run late in the game, it just wasn't able to get there. So Clemson wins, sets up a big game we'll talk about in just a few minutes in the ACC. But the Tigers, they're not getting respect in the polls. And that's something, you know, Tennessee at home gives up 49 points and beats Alabama because it's Alabama. It seems like, you know, that's a lot. So they go from six to three. Alabama's Alabama. We can't drop them too far. So they go from three to six. Well, Clemson's been sitting there at four or five all year long, just winning, just doing exactly what they need to do, beating good teams, beating bad teams. And they are just, they are stagnant in the polls. It's like they are the, the they're just going to stick them there at four. They're going to leave them there at four. Teams can move up. They can move down. Clemson's just stuck there at four. And it doesn't really matter. I mean, at this point, the polls are just, you know, something to talk about. But it's it's in, it's interesting to me, and I think it's because teams are not watching Clemson. If they were watching Clemson play, you would be seeing a very, very good team that has a good defense and a good offense, and they are getting better. And I think that's the key for Clemson. They don't play the playoff right now. They are going to have the back end of their schedule that is relatively soft to just really kind of hone things in, figure out what they're the best at, and you are going to have the best version of Clemson by the time you get to the end of this season. They've done what they needed to do in the first half of this schedule to set themselves up to basically be in a situation that if they get past this game against Syracuse this week, they will have had to really screw things up to not be undefeated heading into the ACC title game. We'll uh, we'll, we'll wrap up our weekend uh, that was talking a little bit about Georgia. They played exactly the game that they needed to play against Vanderbilt. They dominated in every aspect of the game from the first quarter to the fourth quarter, offensively, defensively, special teams. They ran the ball. They threw the ball. They played good defense. There was maybe two or three busted assignments throughout the entire game where if Vandy wasn't Vandy, they could have scored. But Georgia was just absolutely dominant, and it's exactly what the dogs needed. Now, I, I saw it said uh, in an article this week that the 42 went to the 42 to 10 win against Auburn and the 55 to nothing win against Vanderbilt could have been over the worst two teams in the SEC. So how how much should we be impressed by that? Well, my answer to that is uh, just a couple weeks before those games, Georgia was on the road and feeling like it was going to lose at maybe the third or fourth worst team in the SEC when you consider uh, that Missouri is just not a great team. So. 
I think winning matters, obviously. Talking about Clemson, they've done what they've had to do. Georgia's won its games, but it feels like Georgia is becoming a more dominant version of itself. And just like Clemson, they are getting better. Now, in the off week, what has to happen is you don't have to get better in the off week. You just need to get healthy if you're Georgia. Specifically, Jalen Carter. I think for the rest of this season, the health of number 88, Jalen Carter, is going to dictate how far Georgia can continue going this year. I, you know, it's obvious that the linebacker play, the secondary play for Georgia is probably better than it was last year. It's definitely not worse than it was. It may be the same. The defensive line play for Georgia, losing three first-rounders will do this, but the defensive line play is obviously taking an extreme step back. And it's going to take a step back whether Carter's in the game or not, but Georgia's pass rush has been absolutely awful this year. And when you start looking down the road, Florida to a point, yes for Hendon Hooker, yes for Will Levis, yes for the uh, Mississippi State quarterback who's also named Will, and I can't think of his last name right now, so just trust me, it's Will something. Those three games, Tennessee, Kentucky, Mississippi State, those are three quarterbacks who are absolutely able to pick you apart if you don't get pressure on them. Hooker was getting pressured, and he was still picking Alabama apart. So Georgia's secondary is is the strength. The linebacking core is very, very good. Georgia has been as good at tackling this year as any Georgia team I can remember. Just think about it. Watch it You know, the rest of the season. How often does the first guy make the play? And in and, and, and college football, as you're watching games this weekend, just watch that. It's very rare that the first defender, especially like on a pass play or kind of a toss sweep, anything that's not right up the gut, right? How often is the first guy making the play? And that's what Georgia's defense is so good at this year. It's not that insane pass rush, that dominant defensive line that Georgia had last year that caused double teams on all three guys, which meant that you could just bring linebackers from anywhere you wanted to get after the quarterback. This year has been a lot more about, you know, not losing on the defensive line, just kind of being neutral there, but then being able to drop into coverage and play good defense and tackle well in front of the first down marker. And that's how Georgia's been successful defensively. That method will not work going forward. Georgia's got to be able to get some pressure on quarterbacks, and they've got to be able to do it without having to send everybody to get pressure. Because if you do that and you give yourself one-on-ones, you, you cannot play that way in the SEC, okay? Even if you're great in the secondary, and I think Georgia is very good in the secondary, you can't go one-on-one with these receivers play after play after play. Eventually, they are going to get burned. Eventually, they're going to make big plays. That's what Tennessee did to Alabama, right? Just big play after big play. So it's all about health. So Jalen Carter won A.D. Mitchell. The wide receiver, got to get him back. You could see, um, you know, Kiaris Jackson and some other guys, Dominic Blaylock, stepping up over the last couple weeks. But A.D. Mitchell is the number one receiver on this team. And if he's out there, it just changes the entire dynamic. These last couple weeks, you've seen Brock Bowers get double teamed. Well, that's because they're not really scared of what we got going on on the outside. So you've got to be able to get A.D. Mitchell back. And then for depth purposes, Kendall Milton. You know, Georgia's run game has gotten so much better. It feels like they've actually established an identity in the run game. 
Kendall Milton will help with that. Okay. Uh, I've, I've said it last couple of weeks, uh, Branson Robinson, I think is probably growing into being Georgia's best between the tackles runner, but Georgia needs its full complement of backs. That's the reason you, you know, they've got four guys they feel good about back there and, and they kind of all do things, you know, different things well. So Georgia needs the ability to be dynamic on offense because frankly, they don't have the extraordinary talent at quarterback like Bryce Young or Hendon Hooker. They don't have a NFL caliber receiver right now. You know, A.D. Mitchell could grow into that after next year, but right now he's he's not that kind of guy. So Georgia has a lot of good players offensively. They don't have a great player, I don't think. So they need their full complement of good players. I mean, Bowers is a great player, but at a tight end position, you, you, he, he can be doubled, and we're seeing that. Um, so obviously, off week for Georgia, Florida game coming up. I cannot remember a time when Georgia fans looked past Florida more than they are looking past Florida. I mean, in Athens, it's all about Tennessee on November 5th. Georgia fans, please, 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 please don't do this. Don't do this. We got the Gators. And it. how many times have dreams died in Jacksonville? So let's go down to Jacksonville. Florida is average. Let's kill them just go down there beat them but let's focus on that and then if we win in jacksonville and if tennessee can be floor or kentucky then we can start focusing on what will be one of the biggest games if not the biggest game uh in sanford stadium history so we'll we'll do that when it's the time so that's the weekend it was that's a little peek ahead uh kind of a thought mid-year review if you will of georgia Let's reset. Let's get you set for this weekend in college football with the viewing guide. So I had a plan, and that plan was to record early in the week, get the show out on like Wednesday, and then just kind of relax and rest and everything. But if you're listening to this, it's probably because you got up on Friday and you saw it show up in your feed because the best laid plans, right? Uh, Life got in the way. Uh, a little bit this week, so it's Thursday night, and I am now recording this uh, this this viewing guide and this week preview. I was going to tell you that I thought it was going to be worth kind of keeping an eye on this Virginia Georgia Tech game that I'm actually watching as I record this. Um, Tech is in a, a weird position, man. It after firing Collins, they've they've actually played pretty decent. They play in the weaker of the two divisions in the ACC. And if Tech is able to beat Virginia, which it's 13 to 6 right now, uh, I believe in the second quarter, uh, Tech is trailing. But they're moving the ball. This is a competitive game. If Georgia Tech is able to end up winning this game, they're going to be 3-0 and in, in, in their division. Or they're 3-0 and in the ACC and leading their division. Um, right now, it seems UNC is probably the best team in this division, but... I mean, that's not saying much. So for Tech to even be 3-3 three and three at this point in the season after the dumpster fire they were under Collins is uh, pretty impressive, honestly. So by the time you hear this, you'll know if Tech won the game or not. But I, I think it's at least we got to give, you know, just a moment to Georgia Tech for what they've been able to do turning their season around. So we'll, we'll kick the viewing guide off on Saturday. Big noon uh, with a... A game that on paper you may think is going to be interesting, but I the, the interesting part is is not the outcome. Ohio State hosts Iowa. Um, 
Ohio State is ranked number two. Iowa is unranked. Iowa's offense may be the worst single unit in all of college football. Iowa's defense is one of the best units in all of college football. So uh, if you if you watch any of this game, which I probably won't watch much of it, if any of it, but if you do watch it, what you're going to see is you're going to see a very good Ohio State team playing a great Iowa defense whose offense is so pathetic that Iowa's defense has no chance of slowing Ohio State down for four quarters. It, it It is just a shame that Iowa's offense is as putrid as it is, and they can't help out this defense at all because with a just a, an average offense, Iowa is probably like a 10-2 team. They're not going to beat the Ohio States of the world, but they should have been able to be very good this year, maybe even win the Big Ten West. That offense is offensive in all the worst ways. So that's the big noon game this week. But the game to watch at noon, number 14 Syracuse on the road at number 5 Clemson, ABC noon game. This is it for Clemson, okay? I'm not putting the cart before the horse, but if they can beat Wake, if they can beat NC State, they went on the road and they beat Florida State last week, and now they're hosting Syracuse, who under Dino Babers is playing a lot better. They're a decent team. This is not just a, oh, an ACC team's made it to the middle of the season, they're undefeated, and they're highly ranked. This is a solid Syracuse team. If Clemson's able to win this game, they don't have a ranked opponent left on the schedule. Now, South Carolina is getting better. I'm not saying South Carolina's going to beat Clemson, but I think that may actually be the toughest game left on the schedule uh, after this one. So that tells you where Clemson's schedule is. So this is a huge game. There's, I, In my head, I think there's probably some pressure on Clemson because the players aren't stupid. The coaches aren't stupid. This is the last big test. And as rough as last year was for Clemson, to be in the position that they are in, to potentially get right back to the playoff and reestablish themselves as one of the premier programs in all of college football. Not that they weren't last year. You don't, you know, but you know what I mean. To just reestablish themselves and just, hey, yeah, we're right back. That we have one slip up, but that we fixed it. Because DJ looks great. The the offense looks very, very good. And Clemson just looks like a balanced team that is very good and probably destined for the playoffs. So Syracuse at Clemson on ABC at noon. Three excellent games at 3.30. So I'm, I mean, I'm an SEC homer. I'll start with something you think, that's not an excellent game. Watch. You watch this game. Number seven Ole Miss on the road at LSU. That's the CBS game this week. Uh, this is going to be a good game. Okay? Ole Miss plays close games they tried to play Vandy close okay they Ole Miss is good they're undefeated I think they have the ability to beat anybody but they play a style of football that keeps the opposing team in the game they're okay on defense their offense is good it's not big and explosive this is going to be an interesting game and in Tiger Stadium in Death Valley interesting game here big test for Ole Miss to see if they can go on the road and win at LSU the Pac-12 game of the year is also at 3.30. Number 9 UCLA on the road at number 10 Oregon. Yeah, number 10 Oregon. Hmm. That game's on Fox. Oregon obviously lost early in the season to Georgia in embarrassing fashion. UCLA is undefeated. Oregon, no losses since that loss to Georgia. So the winner of this game is going to have a leg up as you head into 
the back end of the Pac-12 schedule. And as I mentioned last week, the Pac-12 has done away from with division. So the tiebreaker in this game could matter a great deal if everybody ends up with one loss here. So it's in Eugene. It's at Oregon. UCLA has been insanely impressive. They demolished a Washington team a few weeks ago that I thought was pretty good. They beat the Utah team that just beat USC last week. They play uh, very, very good offense. So if you haven't watched any Pac-12 since Oregon got demolished by Georgia, throw this game on 330 CB or Fox, excuse me. This is a very big game in the Pac-12, and the winner of this game is going to have a leg up in the race for the Pac-12 championship game. And then the game that I think may be the most interesting of the entire day, number 20 Texas on the road at number 11 Oklahoma State on ABC. So you can just stay on ABC as far as I'm concerned. You got Syracuse at Clemson, just stay right there. Texas at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State gave up the big lead last week at TCU, ended up losing in overtime. They are still a very good team, but Texas and Quinn Ewers, I told you to be on upset alert last week. They barely survived Iowa State, but they survive. And so here it is, Texas with one loss in the Big 12, Oklahoma State with one loss in the Big 12. The winner of this game, still alive for the Big 12 championship game, with as, as many good teams at the top of the Big 12 as there is, the loser of this game could be out of the Big 12 championship game race because of losing that tiebreaker. So uh, if Texas and Quinn Ewers can go on the road and win in uh, Boom Pickens Stadium, which if you've not watched a big game there, that is just an insane environment. So uh, if they can win this game, they're out of the playoff because they have two losses, right? They, they lost Alabama close as it was. They still lost that game. They lost uh, really kind of a, a ridiculous game to lose at Texas Tech uh, a couple of weeks after the Alabama loss. But Texas, with yours, seems to be a very, very good team. If they can go on the road and beat Oklahoma State, their schedule is insane the race the rest of the way. But if they can win get this game, they can win any game left on the schedule. So noon, one key game, 3-30. Oh, my goodness, three great games. The night, a little bit less, but I still think there's three intriguing games to kind of go back and forth between. Number 24, Mississippi State. Will Rogers, by the way, if you listen to part one. Will Rogers. I did not look it up. I just remembered it a few minutes ago. Uh, Mississippi State on the road in Tuscaloosa against the Alabama Crimson Tide, who obviously, if you've watched anything this week, the dynasty's dead. It's over. Uh, Alabama's not any good. Saban probably needs to retire. Uh Maybe they just need to stop playing football at Alabama. That That's the way it's been this week, right? So that game's on ESPN at 7 o'clock. I think this is an insanely interesting game. Okay, Saban hasn't lost two games in a row since 2007, and 2007 doesn't count in Saban world because that was the last year they weren't excellent. So I don't think Mississippi State can go into Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama. But here's what I think about this game. I have a very good friend who's an Alabama fan that I, you know, do a podcast with Hayden. Um, you know, we do the fourth and wrong podcast. If you're not on the armchair banter feed, give us a listen. Different kind of situation. That's me and three other guys, but we, uh, we, we, we talk a lot. We have a good time, but Hayden's a big Alabama fan. And, and, you know, I was talking to him this week and the thing about Alabama that I'm convinced of at this point of the season. They are a very good team. If they end up winning the national championship, that will not be surprising at all. 
But what is wrong with their defense, I do not think can be fixed. And because of that, they are going to play more competitive games on the back half of this schedule than people are expecting them to play. This game, I think, is case in point. I don't think, there's nothing I've seen out of Alabama's defense. Will Anderson, all the great players they have up front and in that front seven. That secondary is just not good. And Nick Saban is too good of a coach to let Quinn Ewers do what he did for a quarter. And and, and if he would have been in that game, guys, Alabama would have two losses today, at least. But that secondary is not good. Haynes King for Texas A&M was making big throws toward the end of that game. He's not very good. And he was still able to be semi-effective in the passing game because if that pass rush doesn't get to you, that secondary is straight up not good. And Mississippi State's offense is all about getting the ball out quick and just peppering you up and down the field. People remember when Mississippi State came and played Georgia in 2020. Here in Athens, it was the JT Daniels game where he, you know, played quarterback competently and Georgia fans just went crazy because the, that entire year had just been so frustrating from the quarterback position. But that night, Georgia barely beat Mississippi State because they just peppered you five, six, seven yard completions. This year, they're actually getting some yards after the catch and they are a very good offense. Now, they have had moments where that offense just died. And I think ultimately that's why Mississippi State is not going to be able to win this game. But if Mississippi State scores in the high 20s or low 30s against Alabama's defense, it will confirm for me that it is not fixable this year and that Alabama absolutely still has the offensive power to win the national championship, but they are going to do it winning 52-49. to And I just don't think they can live that way. I, I don't. I think what you saw against Tennessee was – when you play those kind of games, sometimes you don't get the ball last and you lose. This defense at Alabama is is absolutely suspect, and I, and I think it will end up showing even against a team like Mississippi State that's good but maybe not great. That's on ESPN at 7, 7.30, Texas A&M and South Carolina. Now you may think this is a game between two unranked teams. What does it matter? Well, let me tell you why I think it matters. I think it's going to be a competitive game. I also think South Carolina is going to beat Texas A&M. And when that happens, or if that happens, let's put it that way. If that happens, there's got to be some soul searching that happens at Texas A&M. They can't fire Jimbo Fisher, okay? They owe him about $100 million. It's not exactly, that's probably about $80 million, but they owe him way more money than they can pay him to go away. But Texas A&M is in a very bad spot they almost beat Alabama but they didn't they've lost this year to Appalachian State they beat Miami but now we see that Miami is not very good if Texas A&M goes on the road and loses South Carolina they are going to start passing the plate around at A&M now they're not going to get enough donations this year to do it but Jimbo is going to be on a hot seat if he loses this game and it will carry over into next year and they may pay him to go away next year if this kind of stuff keeps happening. That that number one recruiting class that he brought in earlier this year will have to produce next year or or they may actually have to do something. Um, it's crazy. But I, I genuinely have a feeling about this game. I think South Carolina wins it. Also at 730, Minnesota at Penn State. Penn State, um, 
you know, got absolutely trucked by Michigan last week, but this is going to be the whiteout game. So, you know, just for the aesthetic, I think it's worth clicking it over there a little bit. That game's on ABC. Um, if Mohamed Ibrahim has a good game, if, if he's healthy, the way Michigan ran all over Penn State, I would not be surprised to see uh, that happen again. I'll, I'll, I'll go with Penn State in that game because I think the atmosphere matters, but uh, would not be shocked to see Minnesota hand Penn State their second straight loss. And then at eight, uh, a very intriguing game in the Big 12. Kansas State, number 17, on the road at number eight, TCU. TCU, huge win at home in overtime last week against Oklahoma State. Can they do it again? Right. So this is the Tennessee question that I was kind of alluding to in the first part of the show today. It's one thing to get a big win every single week. Can you come back and do it? Kansas State had a big win earlier in the season on the road at Oklahoma. Now they go on the road again in prime time for uh, again. The Big 12 is just fascinating. If you don't have a dog in that fight, I mean, Basically, you've got like eight teams that could still win that conference, and there's only 10 teams in the conference. So it, it is going to be a lot of fun down the stretch. So pretty solid day of college football. Maybe not the elite game that we had last week. Um, you know, we don't have as many top 10 matchups. We just have one this week. But still a lot of interesting games and, and a lot of questions going to be answered in every major conference in college football. So um, that's all I got for you this week. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy, if you're a Georgia fan, most most of the folks that listen are, enjoy the off week uh, because we've got a month of heart-wrenching games coming up. I mean, just absolutely uh, stressful that Saturday's coming up. So enjoy this one. The weather's supposed to be nice. It's going to warm up. It's been cold here, but it's going to warm up. Go outside, enjoy the day a little bit, watch some college football stress-free. Next week we head to Jacksonville, and then we have what I think is the toughest three-game stretch uh, for Georgia that I that I can remember. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. And even when they're not playing, go dogs.